Hi there, I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. You don't have to be a cyclist in the Bay Area to appreciate that bike theft is a problem. Walking around, you see broken U-locks next to bike racks where someone's ride has just vanished. Or skeletal frames that are still locked up, but the wheels and the seat, pretty much anything that's not welded into place, has been picked clean. An analysis found that in 2012, there were more than 4,000 actual, attempted, or unreported bike thefts in the city. Some $4.6 million worth of bikes were taken. Today, Bay Curious has gone to the bikes. You might say we're bicycle curious. We'll answer two questions about bike theft, what police are doing, and how it works. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment, and if you love what you're hearing... And I know you love what you're hearing. Please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Fellow bike enthusiast Daniel Potter is here to talk bike theft with us today. Hey, Daniel. Howdy. So let's meet our first question asker, shall we? Yeah. My name is Robin Lee. I'm a professional engineer here in downtown San Francisco. Earlier this year, she had not one but two bikes stolen that were locked up in the basement of her house. Somebody came into my apartment. They angle grinded through two different U-locks to get my bikes. This was at 3.30 in the morning. So she wakes up. Her husband wakes up. Her husband is throwing on clothes, heading for the door. But it doesn't take that long for an angle grinder to slice through even a U-lock for a bike. We heard the basement door open, went to the window, and saw the thieves riding the street um, with my bikes. So Robin reported these bikes stolen to the police. She also, they were registered on a site called Bike Index, which basically lets you put in the serial number pictures. And if the bike gets stolen, it lets other people know, hey, keep an eye out for these bikes. And as it happens, somebody spotted one of Robin's bikes in the mission and texted her and said, hey, here's your bike. And mine was very distinct. It had carbon fiber handlebars and pink pedals. So her husband went down there and saw the dudes with the bikes 
It didn't make sense to call 911, so he called the non-emergency number. And he ended up waiting for a couple hours before police showed up and were able to help him get the bike back. And my husband said, what's next? And they said, well, you can press charges, but nothing will happen because either they don't show up or they just claim that it was their friends who gave it to them to watch over it and it's not theirs. So it sounds like ultimately her interaction with the police was a little mixed. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that. So that left her wondering. What is the San Francisco Police Department doing about bike theft, since it appears as though it's a multi-million dollar operation. I took that question to a public information officer for SFPD. My name is Officer Giselle Lanan, uh, SFPD PIO, public information officer, and we're here at headquarters. She said in the last year they've started to do a few things. One is they just stepped up foot patrols, so opportunistic bike thieves that can't rip off bikes or parts while there are police around. The idea is that this can help deter that type of theft. Uh, Additionally, they've started to centralize some investigations, which uh, Officer Lanan told me can help them kind of target these more organized, higher-level bike theft operations. Mm, So there's different types of, I guess, crime here. Crime happens at all different levels, whether it just being a quick, easy grab-and-go. These are people who will rip off your wheel or your seat while you're grabbing coffee really quickly. And, you know, they're just trying to make a quick buck any way they can. And then there are sort of more sophisticated thieves who have not only power tools, but potentially trucks and storage. You will see some rings in which they're grabbing bikes. They'll send it off to someone else and you know, ship them off for parts and make money that way. Often their business model centers on selling these bikes online or moving them out of town. So what happens when SFPD does recover a bike? They try their best to return it, but they're not always successful. In fact, a lot of times they aren't. Uh, If you didn't file a police report when your bike got stolen, if you didn't have the serial number, or if after it was stolen, somebody tried to spray paint it and it doesn't match the description, We do retain the bicycles. We do have a a storage area where we will keep them. And sometimes down the line, someone may come back and we have their bike. So there's a warehouse in the city somewhere just full of bikes. Yeah, I asked Officer Lanan to ballpark it, and she said hundreds at least. So we've got more foot patrols and a more centralized investigations unit. Is there any indication how well this new plan is working out so far? SFPD says bike thefts are actually down. They're down more than 20% for the first nine months of 2018 compared to the same period last year. 23% is a good high uh, percentage. The year is not over. We don't know. But at this time, for the same time period, that's a, a significant number. So that answers what police are doing about bike theft. And our next question asker is a bit more curious about the underbelly of this whole industry. My name is Carolyn Thomas. I live in the Castro. I still see a fair number of bicycle parts and individuals that seem to be associated with those parts, either taking them apart or stacking them. And every day I pass, there's different bicycle parts. So I'm kind of curious, what's the industry that's behind the bicycle parts? Now, before we get into answering this question, and I know Carolyn knows this, but just so we're clear, not everyone who's on the street working on a bicycle has stolen that bicycle. 
It's true. Some people you see working on bikes on sidewalks because they don't have anywhere else to do it. Right. Okay. So now let's dive in. What do we know about the value of these parts? So I took Carolyn's question to several people. Uh, Quick shout out to Brian at Bike Index, as well as a different Brian at the San Francisco Bicycle Coalition. Uh, They both gave me a lot of insight into this. But ultimately, I found one of the people who best helped me wrap my brain around this uh, happens to work in our very building. My name is Jenny O. I'm currently a digital media producer at KQED for the science unit. And I've been working on this bike theft problem for many, many years after I had a mountain bike stolen. I know Jenny's been involved in recovering a lot of bicycles over the years. How has she seen bike parts move after they're stolen? For many people who steal bikes, the bicycle is a kind of currency. So if they rip off an intact bike, it's like having a large bill that can be broken up into smaller denominations by selling off the wheels or the seat, what have you. Whatever you know, their reasons are, they just want to get some cash quickly. So if they can sell a set of wheels, saddle, whatever they can pilfer from a bike or a whole bike if they're lucky, $50, $100 is completely worth it. Also... Those smaller denominations, those various parts of bikes, can later be put back together into sort of a bigger bill as an intact bike. So when people are selling bikes, let's say a $2,000 bike is stolen. Is it sold for about $2,000 on the street? Nowhere close. It's pennies on the dollar. Even if it's a nominal amount to us, I think to them it's, it's fine if it's 5 10 you know, 20 50 bucks. Apparently, after a bike or a part gets stolen... Uh, it can change hands more than once, often really quickly. And they'll have some sort of personal network of folks who will take it to a flea market. They will they will sell it on Craigslist or offer up some online site. And so it's really hard to prove who the original thief was. But my feeling is that a lot of these parts will change hands multiple times. Why are bikes an attractive thing for someone to steal as opposed to anything else that might be on the street? I think part of it has to do with a bike is a relatively easy thing to steal. And what Jenny told me is it's relatively rare to get caught or severely punished for stealing a bike. It's a crime that's actually not going to get them arrested. So the chances of them having any sort of punishment or consequences for the theft is worth it, um, whatever they can get for that in exchange. Ultimately, I wanted to take Carolyn's question to someone who, you know, does sit on a sidewalk and work on bikes. And uh, that's how I met Winston Hunter. Yeah, with ill. Sometimes you might find a bike out there with a broken leg like a broken horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's no good to that person, but he's more valuable to me, just like I just showed you right here. The day that I met him, he had a couple of bike frames and, I don't know, a few wheels chained up to a street lamp. These bike frames looked like they had been hit by a car or something. I mean, they were unsalvageable. But to Winston, they still had some valuable parts on them. And he felt like if he could get those parts and make them usable, it would be worth it. One man jump, one man go. (laughs) You said every once in a while you do sell parts. Like, what what does a wheel go for? I could, well, in the store... They're about two hundred seventy-five dollars, depending what kind of expensive wheel you have. Mm-hmm. Me, it's just a five-dollar wheel, five, ten, ten-dollar wheel. Winston told me for him, it's it's a hobby and it's a way to occasionally help people out. And he said every once in a while, there's a little bit of profit in it. What did Carolyn make of this answer? 
When I took all this back to Carolyn, she said it fits with what she's seen, uh, especially this idea of bikes as currency. All right. Well, Daniel Potter, thank you so much, as always, for your reporting on this one. Thank you, Olivia. Thanks also to our question askers, Carolyn Thomas and Robin Lee. Bike security is something of an arms race between thieves and cyclists, one that the cyclists are losing in the age of cordless angle grinders. We've got more about these power tools and a few tips for protecting your ride on our website, baycurious.org. Listener David Fairburn recently found something unexpected on his roof. Three wild turkeys. That got him wondering, where did the birds come from? Are they native? And how do they survive in the suburbs? We'll have the answer to David's questions in our December newsletter, going out next week. Subscribe online at baycurious.org. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 